it's like I'm trying to look at this a bit objectively and be, and to be frank I don't think you need to care about it in order to make a good business out of it you know <laughs> uh, interesting interesting take just uh, rob all your customers and then yeah, kick just, them to the uh, no, I, I, spit so on basically what you're saying what I mean. no, hold like, on and welcome to anime club after dark the podcast that delves into all things anime manga and otaku culture related i'm your host alex but you can call me senpai and joining me tonight i have our chivalry of shota shotaro always put your best breast forward <laughs> and our poser extraordinaire nitai mm. <laughs> nitai's a bit hungover i just don't know how to follow that up you know you clearly didn't put your best breast forward Obviously, <laughs> I should work on those breasts. I'm gonna just leave that where it is and move on. <laughs> so before we actually get to what we're gonna be talking about tonight, we do have a bit of news which uh, show brought to our attention. So I'm gonna turn it over to him to tell us about it. So Manga Rock has made an announcement. If you don't know who they are, they are an illegal manga aggregator. They have a website and a. Uh, I, I know they have an iPhone app. Uh, I assume they have an Android app as well. Um, and the announcement is that they're planning to shut down their servers. No! Hey, <laughs> tell everyone why you're so disappointed about this. I paid for the premium app. <laughs> <laughs> it let nice. me download offline and I was traveling. So like it was helpful. I caught up on, well, I didn't catch up, but I watched, I read like a hundred chapters of Fire Forest. It was totally a waste of my time, but I still... <laughs> Muscle girl was there. It was never a waste of time. Sure. Um, Anyways, uh, they are shutting down the service uh, because they started the service when the staff was in college and they alleged that they didn't know that the manga scanlations that they were getting online were illegal, which I want to say is bullshit because, like, how can you not know? But then again, when I was in college, I also didn't know what was illegal, so... Maybe they're I still right. Call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still call bullshit. It does on that. sound very bullshit, but anyways, um, so now they uh, quote unquote realize how much uh, harm they've been doing to the manga industry. So they are planning to shut down. Um, they haven't stated any concrete uh, event or like. First of all, they don't know. They didn't. Uh, release a date when they're going to shut down. Second of all, they didn't say specifically what brought this on. Like, they didn't say if they were s- served an order of some kind or s- were uh, received specific complaints. We don't know particularly why this is happening at this exact moment, but uh, Yura Dory Comics CEO, I don't know who, what that is, but their CEO owns... I assume it's a comic... Uh distributor well maybe but i've never heard of it before uh own takahashi is their ceo who criticized manga rock publicly on twitter 
and uh, this was recent, and it accumulated 60,000 retweets, so that might be a reason why this is happening, but we're not sure. Either way, um, I lost my investment in Mangarok, my like two ninety nine girl, down the drain. No, um, I want. I don't. I really don't want to have a public opinion about this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you don't. I will say. I will say this kind of highlights something that may need to be worked on going forward, and you know. I'm, I'm I'm old school. I like to collect you know manga in physical form. I know not everyone likes to do that, but there's really not that many great places you can go and get you know manga that's you know coming out recently that you can get in a reasonable time frame. And that's something that I think that needs to be worked on. And like, it would be so much more convenient to have a bundled online service for this stuff. Yes, that Crunchyroll is trying to do but they really don't have that big of a library but i think that's like the only really like significantly large library of manga that i know of you also Um, have like the uh, i can't remember the name of the app but you do have a manga app for um one of the big publishing company i'll look it up while i'm talking about it that it is technically free so there is more push for that it's called uh it's called Manga Plus, basically. So, and it is official. So, you know, some companies are like, like you know, waking up to the fact that hey, maybe we should do that. We have that market of like phone users. We should capitalize yeah. on that. And especially with the prevalence of mobile devices, where like like tablets and such, where you can read on the go. I mean, why not have a service like this? I will say one of the criticisms, or not criticisms, but issues i've heard certain companies give for why they don't invest more in something like this is that they can't find enough people to do constant translations my my fucking reaction to that is hire all these scan leaders they're all out there yeah it's ridiculous it's basically also the app is like it it features shonen jump manga so it is like you know shonen jump the biggest magazine you know well and shonen jump also has like an online uh manga reading service too i believe that they mm. do themselves. I don't know. I just I don't use it, but I I heard that they do. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this kind of highlights a definite need in in the industry that isn't necessarily being fulfilled, and it's why you have sites like Mongrock. I, I guess were. I guess still still technically is at least at the time of this recording, but it's going to shut down eventually. But that kind of leads me into what we want to talk about tonight. So, um, as many of you may know. There are way more streaming services out there for anime than there used to be, <laughs> and we're going to be talking about that tonight. Um, we're going to be talking about how there have, over the last four to five years, have been a lot of newcomers on the scene trying to get into the anime streaming biz, um, but I want to start out by talking just very briefly about the history of some of the services we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, I guess I should start with Crunchyroll because they've probably been around the longest, even though as a company, some of these other companies we're going to talk about have been around the longest, longer than Crunchyroll, but they haven't been streaming anime as long. And I want to specifically point to Crunchyroll coming off of the Mangarok thing, and Crunchyroll doesn't like to talk about this, but they started out as a pirated anime streaming service That's right. Um, back in 2006, and they don't like to talk about it. 
at all, but it's absolutely true. For like the first year and a half to two years of them operating, they pretty much exclusively did pirated anime and J dramas. And I, they have come a long way since then. They're probably one of the most recognized uh, names in anime streaming. I would say. I think it's fair to say, don't you guys think? Yeah, they. I yeah. think they. They like put it on the map. The whole idea of yeah, we should stream it like almost yeah. immediately after the original broadcast in Japan. Yeah, within within an hour to two hours now mm-hmm. is when you get it after it uh, premieres in Japan. Um, and of course, on the backs of that, Funimation, which is a company that had been around for a lot longer than Crunchyroll, uh, once Crunchyroll started getting recognition and getting bigger, they decided to go in with their own uh, streaming service, which is I think it. Beginning was just called the Funimation Web Player, and it's been rebranded to Funimation now. Uh, recently, uh, I want to say, as someone who has actually used the service for several years now, it's never been that great. <laughs> and yet, no, you still don't. continue to use it. And yet, I still continue to give Funimation my money. I don't know why, but I do. Um, yeah, uh, it's. Uh, Funimation is probably best known for producing a bunch of English dubs and for a while since uh, when Crunchyroll started out they almost exclusively just handled subtitled uh, stuff that's sort of changing now but back back then they only pretty much did subtitled stuff uh, Funimation was where you went to stream anime dubs and that's kind of what they've been known for. It's how their company got started doing anime dubs. And that's really what their web player, their streaming service became known for is the place to go to stream anime dubs. And I, I personally, I won't, I won't disparage anime dub or anime. Yeah. Anime dubs. I do, I think they definitely have a place within the fandom. Uh, I think, I don't think any of us here probably would have gotten into anime had it not been for dubs. So I will never disparage them for that. Uh, although they could definitely do with investing in a better streaming service. <laughs> I mean, um, now that Sony probably, owns them, so hopefully. Yeah, now Sony owns them. Yeah, maybe. Um, that just tells me that the next PlayStation will have Funimation bloatware in it. <laughs> <laughs> woo. Uh, yeah, woo. Uh, probably, okay, so the next one I want to talk about is Netflix. Now, Netflix as a company has been around since the late 90s, 1997 to be exact. Um and they, even though they got into streaming in the mid 2000s, I think around 2006 or seven is when they started streaming. Um, they didn't, they didn't immediately have anime on their service, but they did have some anime that they had licensed, and it, but none of it was exclusive to to Netflix. Um, it's only been in the last three to four years where Netflix has actually gone out and spent a bunch of money, uh, or given a bunch of money to a bunch of anime studios and said, hey would you mind making this and then only putting it on our platform? To which a lot of these uh, studios, having uh, millions of dollars waved in their face, will say, of course. Because obviously like, it's pretty good money, especially considering how like um, just silly our process was, you know, with what the um, production committee and all that shit that goes on in Japan. So I don't blame them for taking that deal whenever they do approach yeah. them. For sure, anything to do away with the committee system, um, or to at least streamline it. Yeah. Um, now, as I said, they, they did they did have anime on their service before they really got deep into um, uh, licensing anime themselves. So I think a lot of a lot of people that I've talked to um, 
who got into anime, I want to say, like between 2007 to 2010, they actually said they got into anime because they just stumbled upon it on Netflix. So I guess good on Netflix for doing that for some people. They, I think in that sense, they certainly helped grow the fan base. Yeah. Whether that was the intention or not. Uh, so the next one I want to talk about is Amazon Prime. Now, Amazon had a straight-up... Uh, anime only streaming service that was called anime strike they, i think they did this for what two years something like this thing that was yeah. around it was around for about two years uh yes uh, okay so it launched on january 1st 2017 and ended on january 5th 2018 so it was just over a year <laughs> that it was around um so a- amazon really wanted to get into this anime streaming uh like service things. So they had anime strike, which was a subscription based uh, thing that they had called Amazon channels. So in, in the order, the order, order to access anime strike, not only did you have to have an Amazon prime subscription, which is $120 a year, you also had to pay an additional fee on top of that to access anime strike. So it was a double paywall. <laughs> um, this, unsurprisingly garnered a lot of backlash from the anime community uh they're like hey you know my family already has prime why can't it just access this with prime so once uh anime strike kind of went offline the stuff that they had already licensed was uh absorbed into amazon prime videos library so now you can get the same stuff that was on anime strike just with an uh Amazon Prime subscription. Now, I know people outside the United States, like you, Natai, uh, will look at that and say it's $120 a year to stream anime. I get it. That's a huge hurdle for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But uh, for us here in But in Amazon US also gives North you a America, shit ton of perks beside watching anime. a shit ton of perks yeah. for people who live in North America if you have a- a- Amazon Prime. I know it, it doesn't offer all that stuff for people outside the United States and North America, but for someone like me, it's it's a bargain because I get not only do I get some anime, but I also get two day sh- free two day shipping and access to uh, Amazon Music and all kinds of other. Also, just to remind, in case anyone forgot, all of these streaming services each, like at least to some extent, have exclusivity rights. So. Some shows yes. ended up on Anime Strike, and guess what? No one else could watch them because they s- yeah. just stayed there. I mean, you could if you were industrious. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I know what you mean, yes. And the, the last one I really want to talk uh, any kind of in-depth about is the relative newcomer to all this, and that's High Dive. So High Dive kind of came out of the closure of anime network online which was a service where a lot of sentai filmworks licensed properties were streamed out of um there was also an actual cable channel called the anime network um which also uh aired a lot of sentai filmworks stuff um so high dive kind of came out out of that uh and that's pretty much what it's become known for is it's the only place you can go and legally stream stuff that gets licensed by Sentai. I will say one thing that High Dive does have going for it over some other uh, streaming services that are out there currently is that it, unlike Crunchyroll, offers a lot of sub and dub options, and it offers both subtitles and dubs in languages other than English. I think um, uh... primarily that 
primarily that includes currently Spanish and Portuguese, but there are a few series out there that also have, I believe, French dubs on the service. I think uh, Netflix also offers multiple yeah. languages. But, yeah. um, I mean, my only, yes, they do. my only experience with that is that I tried to watch Kakegurui on Netflix in the original Japanese dub, and the lips didn't sync up to the Japanese dub. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> this you is why I... This is why I had to wait three months for it to come out, and it's still not properly done. This yeah. is why I watch at sub only. I don't deal with dubbing. <laughs> so you ruined um, the original content now. <laughs> so there's there's a couple of other ones that I just briefly want to mention. Uh, I, I want to say Hulu because Hulu, although it doesn't really exclusively license a bunch of anime, it does tend to... Um, uh, show on their service a lot of Funimation licensed properties. Now, I will say, not usually will they exclusively grab stuff, unless, of course, you happen to be One Punch Man for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they just sniped One Punch Man Season 2 uh, at, like, at the very last minute, but okay, we'll go with it. <laughs> um, and I, I also want to briefly mention Verve, which is uh, another relative newcomer, which isn't exclusively an anime streaming service um it's like a bundle of different streaming services all in one interface so you have things like currently crunchyroll high dive boomerang cartoon hangover curiosity stream rooster teeth pretty much anything on crunchyroll and high dives uh library you can access through verb so i guess that's kind of a perk in a way uh, especially if you like all these other things that they have bundled into the service. So it's almost like buying a cable subscription. Which we will get uh, to. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then lastly, N- Natai kind of brought this up right before we started, and I think it may be worth mentioning. So Disney is coming out uh, later this year. I think it's actually, um, is it already launched? I think it's next month, maybe. Next month, okay. Um yeah, Disney is uh, starting a streaming service of their own called Disney Plus. Um, obviously, Disney is not an anime production studio, but one thing they do have is the distribution uh, rights to Studio Ghibli films. Yep. So I'm kind of wondering if that's where the catalog of Studio Ghibli stuff will end up. Yeah, now again, Disney do own Hulu, so like they do have mm-hmm. that going for them, but again, the whole thing with Ghibli sort of like makes you wonder what's going on with that. Yeah, and actually there's a lot of those movies that it's really hard to find them streaming legally <clears throat> anywhere, so if they were compiled all onto one service, I guess that would be a plus. Yeah, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, this is obviously there are other streaming services out there. There's some regional streaming services, you know, but these are the big ones for North America and the West in general. So, um, as you can probably imagine, that's a lot of services, um, and a lot of these services have just started to ramp up in the last five years or so whereas before you pretty much had Crunchyroll and Funimation and that was your your two go-tos and then of course you had Netflix which had just random anime that were not exclusive to them at all on their service and you even so had that question... like and you even sorry to cut you off but you even had that partnership between Crunchyroll and Funimation that gave you an even better deal 
So it that's seemed true. like it was sort of going in a different direction, but then that's played off pretty quickly, to be honest. So and- that's true. So the big question tonight, twenty minutes into this, um, is. Are there too many subscription services available for anime content out there? Yes. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Simple answer. Yes. Bye. <laughs> Thank you all. That we're dropping. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> that I mean, I I can certainly remember a time when you literally your your two options were Crunchyroll and Funimation, and that was if you wanted to stream anime legally, that was that was what you went to. And now it's like you have so many options and for for some people, especially young people trying to get into anime, um, it, it severely limits them because all of these uh, services, I will know they do all have paid subscription services, but some yeah. of them do have a way to access the stuff for free, i.e. Crunchyroll and Funimation with ads. Um, but to get all of these would require an enormous like monthly cost. And just so a hassle I think to be honest. Dis- yeah, it is. It's disparaging for people who are trying to get into anime, especially if you want to watch stuff legally. And I, I hate to say this because as someone who truly believes in the idea of capitalism, this actually might be a, re- a way in which capitalism could be failing uh, a market like this. Of course, you're also seeing something like this with regular streaming services too. There's yeah. a huge, there's a huge uh, growth of uh, streaming services out there for other kinds of content too. You have like Netflix, Hulu. You have Amazon Video. You have HBO Go. You have pretty much every uh, network television yeah. uh, station in in the U.S. forming their own streaming service, mm-hmm. and it's becoming a huge burden on people who want to actually access this content, but then they have to shill out enormous money just to get it. Yeah, and it's been wrapping up, wrapping up especially in the last few years. And like, yeah, you know. and the, the, the reason I bring in the, the idea about capitalism is like there's this, there's this ingrained tenet in capitalism that all competition is good. I think that competition is, is good to a point, especially competition that forces the companies in competition with each other to make themselves as best as they can. But there comes a point when there's so much competition that no one's going to innovate anyway. Because they just they'll just go out and buy up all these licenses and it's like, well, what I have that no one else has is this show, and that's how they try and sell people on it. That's what you call yeah. a, a monopoly where you don't have to innovate because you own the thing and no one else can sell it except you. So there's no that's true. incentive to uh, get better. That's true, and it's a um, shame also... because like every like let's be honest because Netflix like say what you will about them before netflix no one else was streaming evangelion so true like there is like there are some benefits to like having more people in the race but yeah it's like it's been it's been pretty like ridiculous how each news like service like okay we own this show and no one else is getting it it's like okay so we're taking this show and it's like well i guess my wallet is fucked you know yeah, there's there's also been some question. I think it deserves uh, maybe us looking at a little bit of do do these companies that are getting into this anime streaming business do they even care about anime and anime fans? Um, because I, I've heard one of the biggest complaints about Netflix getting into anime is their release model. Um, 
out, Netflix tends to more often than not release stuff once it's finished. So yeah. a lot of stuff that Netflix has is they're what they call Netflix originals, which is something else that pisses people off when they call anime on Netflix, Netflix originals, because there's no Netflix studio making this anime. Um, but one of the big pet peeves is that you when you would when Netflix picks up a show, you won't actually get to see it until the season after it airs, at least maybe even further along than that. Um, and most most anime fans don't want that. They either want you to release it week to week or release it all at the beginning of the season. They don't want to wait until after the season's over when no one's talking about it to finally be able to watch it. I assume Netflix does this because the. Uh... People who haven't heard about the show before and then find out it exists through Netflix are might are most uh, are more likely to actually finish watching the show if it's all there at once. So mm. they're catering to the uh, I the guess Binge the market. casuals. Yeah, they're um, yeah they're definitely catering to casual anime fans more so than the hardcore anime yeah. fans. I definitely give you that. Yeah, but by catering to the casuals, they're basically fucking over the people who actually are trying to follow the show. Who actually are mm-hmm. looking but forward to it? Again, Netflix sort of like built its way like to the mainstream with like the binge, uh, you know, um, what like with binging shows. You know, that's all always been like what they've done. So, seeing that they're applying it to anime, you know, it kind of makes sense because it's always what they've done. But obviously, yeah, it's kind of them mistreating like the hardcore market that is consuming anime. The problem is that they're actually not fully applying it to anime if they wanted to fully apply it to anime they would have bought all of the streaming rights including the streaming rights in japan and released it globally all at once but they half-assed it and they're like you know you can release it in japan at whatever pace you want but we gonna release it at our own pace so like i prefer the netflix model release it all at once whenever you want honey but like don't have different models where like one place is releasing it at this uh frequency and the other place is releasing it at a different frequency yeah. that's just stupid so netflix well, get your shit together a great a great <laughs> example of that is the the difference between how they've released something like um Agretzko and how they've released something like carolyn tuesday so yeah, Gretzko, they true. released all they released a Gretzko all at once worldwide on the same day. Um, they did not do that with Carol and Tuesday, which is airing week to week in Japan. They waited until the season was uh, until like okay, so. Carolyn, what Carol and Tuesday started in spring, right? Right. They're in yeah, spring. Carol and Tuesday started in spring, and now we just now a couple of weeks ago got the first twelve episodes of this twenty-four episode show on netflix so more than a season and a half after it started i mean and then it's gonna be a while till it. like the rest of it comes out as well oh probably the, the rest of it probably won't be out until the end of december maybe mm-hmm. that's ridiculous i mean why do it for one when you can do it when you could do it for every one of them and remember like when Vault Evergarden came out, they, they released it weekly. Not in the U.S., but in the rest of the world, they did release it weekly. So, like, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, everywhere in the world got it weekly except the U.S. And that makes no sense. I don't know. It, it's got to be a money thing. It's got to be. Uh, I don't it's know. It's certainly not a technical thing. So, I know, I know for a fact it's not a technical thing because... Um, <laughs> I have a second Netflix account and I use a VPN to watch Japanese Netflix. 
Um, I am paying for Netflix twice, so I don't feel like I'm stealing anything. Um, but one of the things that I have found out doing this is that um, Violet Evergarden, I was able to watch it week to week uh, on Netflix because I was using my Japanese Netflix account. And not only was all of Violet Evergarden there in sub format, but I could have watched it dubbed in English on Japanese Netflix <laughs> week to week. Nice, Sue. Very nice, Sue. I don't know what the major malfunction was. I like, think it's, it's certainly not a technical issue. I think we're giving him just too much credit. It's literally just them thinking that the West, the West, America, is more about binging shows than watching them weekly. I think it's literally just that. Do you think? You think it's just that they 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 feel that that's the American like yeah necessity? Because I don't know if I'm guessing, but I'm again I'm guessing that Amer that America. US is like their biggest market, right? And I think for the longest time that market is or was doesn't matter watching shows in binge format, right? So mm-hmm. I'm guessing they're just going on like with those numbers. Again, Netflix has the numbers to show how many how much how many of their viewers are actually consuming the content in binge format or weekly format. So they they know the numbers, obviously we don't. So maybe they're going on with that. I think that's the only reason. I don't think it's more than that. Maybe. I think also it it, uh, has something to do with the fact that Netflix in general, when it started its streaming service, only really streamed movies, which is something you sit down and watch all at once typically. Yeah, or you either watch a few minutes of it, you figure out this is not for me. I'm going to something else. So I think there's that's a a bit of a holdover from that too. Probably. But I just it's so silly when the, the there's certainly not a technical issue limiting you from doing this week to week. So why do it? Luckily, there was a uh, a article that was released recently where Netflix has stated that they are going to start doing um, experiments with a week to week release model for things that they license. Especially things that they license that are currently airing. So um, I think the first thing that they've done with this, there's uh, I've forgotten the name of it, but there's a, uh, a British like reality baking competition that airs week to week in the UK, which they have licensed this new seasons this new, the new season of, and they are airing it week to week worldwide on Netflix. In every market. So I'm hoping something like that can come to anime. At the very least, just if you want to keep your binge model, do it. But release it at the beginning of the season. It doesn't know, Alex. It doesn't matter when they release it. It's the, the point is you can't have multiple platforms releasing it on different dates. I, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. I agree. Maybe not necessarily at the beginning of the season, but make it consistent is what I'm saying. Yeah. Make it consistent across the board. Oh, and yeah, and, and more so, you can't have it, you know, releasing differently in different markets. That's so silly. Uh, but it's my pet peeve with Netflix. Also, I know that show you 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 went on a rant one time about why they're called Netflix Originals when they didn't have anything. They're not the studio that made it. I, well, yeah, I've already made that rant on this podcast. I'm not going <laughs> to do it again, but I don't appreciate their branding. So um, I, I I have a little bit of insight on that for you if you're interested. Sure. So Netflix considers anything to be a Netflix original if it produces co-produces or directly funds in any way 
the uh, production of something. That's bullshit. <laughs> if I pull up That's the list shit. of anime that are listed as Netflix originals, I know one of those. That, at least one Netflix did not fund. Oh, excuse me. Okay, I, I found the the actual quote. So in a quote, <laughs> Netflix original is content produced, co-produced, funded, and or distributed by Netflix. Yeah, distributed. Oh, keyword, distributed. Distributed. <laughs> I, I, I left out the keyword that is distributed. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, that's, so, that's... So, so if I if I buy the distribution rights to Bacano and I decide that only I distribute it, I can just slap on the case... <laughs> The, Nitai, the, Nitai original. original. <laughs> yeah, like, no other person was involved except for Nitai. He was the voice actor for all of the characters. He did the animation. Hey, 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 and I can't he do that the, if you he want did everything. me to. Yeah. Nitai, I have to say, you did a really good job with all the female voices. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I know. I, it, it's a really weird moniker, and it's something that Netflix... I think rightfully so has been admonished for. I understand. It's their branding. Like a Netflix original is supposed to colloquially mean we have it on our platform, mm-hmm. but it's a bad branding. It's a, it it's is. literally a misleading branding. I swear like that is susceptible to a lawsuit. I swear to God. <laughs> but yeah, d- so back to my original question, do you think that some of these companies that have recently tried to get in on the anime streaming wave, do you think they're really just riding the wave of a trend as a cash grab, or do you think that some of these genuinely care about anime and anime fans? So I don't think... A... It... Go ahead, no, you Okay, so like, A, yeah, they want to make money, so they invested in anime. I think it's pretty obvious. B, to some of them, it doesn't matter if they care about anime, because again, it's a business. And C, I don't think most of them, I don't know if need to care, but it's like, you know, just because you, it's like, I'm trying to look at this a bit objectively and be, and to be frank, I don't think you need to care about it in order to make a good business out of it, you know? <laughs> uh, interesting, interesting take. Just uh, rob all your customers and then yeah, kick just, them to the curb. No, basically what you're saying. You know, I mean. Hold like, on, hold on, like, hold on. So what you're saying is that more companies should act like Apple and no, just build all their customers for every single dollar they have. Fucking one grand for a fucking stand for your monitor whatever. stand. Yeah. <sighs> that's like saying that's like saying you want an episode of this anime? Give me a grand. You got that episode. I didn't mean yours. it to that extent. You know that. What I mean is that I'm like, and again, I, w- I would rather like companies actually give a shit about their customers, obviously, but let's not kid ourselves. Like, they're big ass companies. I'm not saying it's because I think that's how it should be, but I'm just trying to, like, you know, look at it as it is. Probably most of them don't really, like, give a shit about it. I, Let's be honest. I, I mean, that's just I mean, bad certain... business practices. Like the more you yeah, like, about I'm not, customers... I'm not support. I'm huh? not supporting it. I just say it's probably like I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. I don't think anyone cares about their customers in the Amazon, uh, Amazon in the anime streaming uh, industry. Not a Freudian slip at all. Bezos um... cares about you. What are you talking about? I think okay, like Crunchyroll. I feel... Jeff Bezos wants to watch you while you sleep. Of course he cares. <laughs> Crunchyroll, I feel, cares about their fans at one point in their uh, 
Not anymore. Yeah, but not anymore. And I think like I think Crunchyroll cares the most out of every out of all of the streaming services. I think the second most would be Funimation. Funimation, yeah. And then the rest are like, wah, 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 not really care that much. Um, but I still think that even Crunchyroll doesn't care enough. Like, I don't think they're doing enough to actually serve their customers properly. I think okay, Netflix so- has been doing like some good things for like the community. Again, like to some extent, because again, let's be honest, no one was streaming Evangelion online anywhere until now so like i they they might be like a bit slow with how they react to some stuff but it seems like they are taking some steps you know yeah i will say one thing that we keep talking about is this idea of exclusivity um and i think that's definitely worth talking about because with this increase in uh streaming services you get more and more of these companies that are gobbling up this Every season, it's they gobble up. It's like, oh, this is mine. This is mine. You can have this one. You over there, you can have this one. Um, I'm taking this giant, big name thing that's coming out next season. Um, and it makes it so where if you want to watch all the stuff that's coming out legally every season, you have to have like eight different subscriptions. Uh, um, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's the number one issue with anime streaming is exclusivity. Mm. If yeah. they didn't do exclusivity, 100%. I feel like the competitive market would work itself out. Uh, mm-hmm. Companies would be incentivized to improve their streaming platforms, their websites, their players, uh, get better apps, get better variety of shows. Because without exclusivity, what else do you have to sell? You're, you're act, what you're actually doing, your streaming quality, what you should be focusing on uh, mm-hmm. and you're, yeah. and no one is focusing on. Uh, which is stupid. It's like, it's so unhealthy for the industry to have exclusivity because now none of the companies give a shit about what they're doing and re- customers don't have a choice. Like, we have to put up with all this bullshit because that's the only place we can get it. Yeah. I mean, in, in a way, it's sort of a um, an extension of the idea of copyright. So copyright is a government-granted monopoly to a creator of something. And a lot of content providers have kind of bastardized this idea into exclusivity as saying well we paid for it therefore why shouldn't we be the only ones that have access to show it so it is it you brought up the idea of monopoly it is a monopoly like exclusivity definitely enables monopolies for these streaming services um it's not overall a good thing i think um So a good idea that isn't necessarily anime related, but I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, Netflix is the primary entity responsible for the creation of a show called House of Cards. Right. Um, It was pretty popular while it was on. Um, Not even going to address the whole Kevin Spacey thing. Um, But there was no reason why it was should only have been accessible on Netflix. Yes, Netflix put almost all the risk and all the money forward to make it happen. But just think, if you had had it on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime Video and, I don't know, what else, whatever else there was, you would have had more eyeballs on it and more... And, and, and at the beginning of every show, Netflix original. So you, you it's like free advertisement on all these platforms for you. I agree. Well, if we're I gonna think... look at the numbers of, but again, but let's be honest. Most like 
they marketed the shit out of it and then a lot of people said oh shit i want to watch that it's only on netflix okay i'll i'll pay for it and i'll watch it on netflix so it kind of worked for them honestly i think it goes both ways it, it's advertisement both ways but Whether like you okay. have it as, as an exclusive on your platform and you say, hey, there's this great show. It's only here. Come watch it. Or you can have it on all the platforms and say, hey, we made this. Come support us. I agree with Alex. I think that um, a lot of companies are, or a lot of content creators are blinded by the uh, exorbitant, allegedly exorbitant fees up front of exclusivity. But in the long run, you're just... Uh, decreasing the viewership of your product yeah. and you're just you're in the long run I don't think it is a profitable idea even though you it may seem profitable at the moment um, I don't yeah, think it's a obviously. sustainable a sustainable uh, practice for you to keep doing exclusivity yeah I agree this is not a sustainable like um, like economy honestly what they're doing with the streaming services how they sp- splinter off and off and you have like all of these different ones uh, and I guess we're going to get to that bit later, but again, it's just going to end up like cable where you have just packages of streaming services. It's, it's not going to get better anytime soon. Yeah. And of course, then you have the, we talked about it earlier, the, the Crunchyroll Funimation partnership that is ended now. But yeah. for a while there, I thought it was, it was working out well for both companies. You had stuff that was on Crunchyroll, now on Funimation. You had Funimation coming in and helping to dub a lot of stuff that Crunchyroll had had sitting in their backlog for a while that had never been dubbed. Um, I, it was very profitable. Well, I, not, not, I don't know how profitable it was, but it was very. It engendered a lot of goodwill amongst the fans. Yeah, um, it was very consumer f- friendly. Especially fans of dubs who had maybe had reservations about watching it subbed on Crunchyroll. Well, now Funimation's come in and dubbed this for you. Yeah, and of course that ended. And I think that's a really good example example of something called the prisoner's dilemma. And actually, uh, Show was the one that brought this to my attention. Uh, I didn't even think about this when I was rummaging through this topic, but um, so show. Do you want to explain briefly what the prisoner's dilemma actually is? Sure. Um, so I'm not going to explain uh, exactly what it is. If you want to know the uh, specifics, you can go look it up on Wikipedia. It's very complicated to explain it just verbally. They have like visuals to aid what's going on there. But basically, what it is, it's is a problem in game theory where you as a player are trying to make a decision which you are trying to maximize your self-interest and you're looking at all of the options in front of you at the moment and you make a particular decision and it seems like it benefits you the best by making this decision but if you look at what all the other players are deciding in the game you see that that decision that you just made is actually not the optimal decision. And that's why it's a problem. Um, And how it applies to anime streaming services is, um, I mean, you can put two and two together, but like you're trying, the studios see the big money up front and they're like, obviously we wanna be optimal, get the most money, we wanna do this. But if you look at all the other studios that are gonna make the same exact decision, if everybody makes that decision, and if no one cooperates with each other, then what you're gonna do is have a fragmented subscription uh, model with all these different streaming services. You're gonna alienate the customer base, and guess what? In the long run, no one's gonna get any profits, and that decision that you just you thought was optimal 
by just looking at in a vacuum at what you had in front of you at that one moment was not optimal if you just took into account the entire industry. So, I mean, that this is a very well-known dilemma, and I feel like the anime industry is falling into this problem, and it would be very... It's, to me, it's very obvious that exclusivity is not a good idea. It's certainly not the answer to engender yourself to new fans. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's and that's part of the thing. Like with the 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 prisoners limit, we had the Crunchyroll Funimation partnership. It was working for all parties involved, and then Sony comes in, throws a huge wrench into the machine, and says, "No, we're Sony. This is ours." And again, we still haven't seen like the fruits of that deal. Like we have no idea what they're like working on. Honestly, I I have I have absolutely no evidence to back me up on this. But I have this sneaking suspicion, I've had it for about a year now, that Funimation's on the brink of bankruptcy. Honey, Funimation has always been on the brink of bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious, though. I'm serious. Like, I, I think I'm that's serious. part of the reason that Sony came in like it did, where it's like, it was a move of desperation. Honey, why do you think Crunchyroll came in? That's what I think. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I have this sneaking suspicion that Funimation might not be around much longer. I don't know. I And I say I have really no physical or, like, legal evidence at all to back me up on this. It's just a hunch that I have based on some of the business decisions that they've been making publicly. And going back to the House of Cards thing, like, if one streaming services picks up, like, one really big IP... Are customers really going to subscribe just for that one IP? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, ever since Game of Thrones I did, you know how many people dropped HBO Go? A lot. Yeah, so, eh? Eh? I, I as a customer, certainly won't. <laughs> I'm not going to... Why would I subscribe to a service just for one show? That's so... No, that's yeah, I agree so with you. Stupid. It's just... We... We like it does happen. I agree with you, but it does happen. I so yeah, I don't know okay. what to say. Eh? I mean, he, he's right. I I definitely agree with him. But to 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 kind of play off of of show's point that he just made in um when was it? It came out. I'm trying to think. Oh God. 2013. In 2013, when Attack on Titan came out, Crunchyroll had an enormous boost in yeah. uh, subscriptions because that's the only place you could watch it. Same with Fate Zero. That like Crunchyroll was the only place that you could watch it, and that was also like a big thing for a lot of people why they subscribed. Yeah, but I mean, that's not a so perfect, it does work. You know, it's not like, a perfect example because you don't know if those subscriptions like. If you don't know if they're subscribing just for that one content, maybe that's like the icing on the cake and they're also interested in the other IPs because Crunchyroll has a shit ton of IPs that I'm sure the customers would also want. But like, for I don't know. Well, it's hard for me to make this example because I don't know actually which streaming service is doing this. But I think it's HBO that streams The Walking Dead. I'm not entirely no. sure. No, it's not. It's... uh. Who does Hulu? Whatever. Whoever streams maybe. The Walking AMC Dead is making it, so maybe. Whoever. Well, yeah, it's a it's an AMC property. Well, whoever streams The Walking Dead, I'm not going to subscribe to your 
service for just that one thing. Because I'm literally not interested in anything else you're selling. Whereas, like, Crunchyroll, I'm sure, has other products that people who are watching Attack on Titan and Fate Zero are interested in. So I can understand that. But, like, for these other random shows, like, uh, like Hulu grabbing One Punch Man 2. Are you going to subscribe to Hulu for One Punch Man 2? No. I wouldn't. Stupidity. No one will do that. Because Hulu doesn't have enough other products to sustain a subscription. Hmm. I'm desperately trying to figure out who streams The Walking Dead right now. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. Exclusive to to broadcast TV. To be fair. I mean, it is on broadcast television. It's on cable. I (laughs) I I think it actually is streamed for free on the AMC website in the US, which I am not in. I'm in Canada. So I'm just like, fuck you, AMC. Wah, wah. <laughs> oh, God. So Canada is a third world country? Honey, I, we're much. just like the unofficial last state of the United States. <laughs> the, the 51st state, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's this whole thing of exclusivity. And we talk about it and we talk about it, but it's just, it's not good. And I think some of this is indicative of the fact that many of these well at least four of them uh these streaming services have gotten to the point where they are providing cash money to these um production committees and they feel like that entitles them to some form of exclusivity because they are one of the producers of the show like Crunchyroll, Funimation and Netflix in particular uh are all on these production committees that get these exclusivity deals with them and I don't, I, that's a really hard habit to break. It's actually my biggest fear with a lot of these American or Western based companies getting into anime and especially them starting to fund production of these anime is that these anime studios are going to get addicted to this American money. And, you know, if anime stops becoming or it stops its upward growth and starts to, you know, retreat a little bit in popularity that stops being a trend or a fad then that money's gonna dry up real quick but and it might these... it might turn in a different direction because you know trigger started a patreon for example it's been that's I think, true a and success right there's so, so uh, that, that is true there's there are so many different avenues for funding now that i think that and anime studios in general i think are kind of stuck in the past on that production committee system yeah that, I mean, that actually might be a topic for another podcast, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. So we've talked about it, and another side effect of this, uh, these, this increase in streaming services and exclusivity is this idea of a stagnation of innovation. So I want to ask in, any of you, this is an open question to anyone that can answer it. When was the last time of any of these streaming services that we've mentioned tonight that stream anime when was the last time you saw an innovative product or idea coming out of the streaming service in particular? When Crunchyroll, <clears throat> excuse me, when Crunchyroll updated their shitty player after like a sh- I don't know how long they've been using that old media player. That wasn't even yeah. like their own idea. They had to be. Yeah, like, and yeah, I'm, like, like, I'm not. Like, I'm not. I'm not giving them credit. <laughs> it's like I'm saying it's ridiculous what happened there. They had to be beat over the fucking head with a wrench to get it done. Someone made an extension so you could uh, access Crunchyroll with an HTML player or something like that. And it's been working fine. And then they decide, oh, shit, yeah, maybe we should do that as well. 
I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that as like. And it's like it was like um, saying like good on them. No, it's it's ridiculous what happened with that. But see, you mentioned Crunchyroll, and yeah, that's good that they finally they finally after many many years switched over to an HTML player about five or six years too late. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they didn't they didn't change anything about their website and go on it today. I, I swear to God that 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 website has not changed its appearance in ten years. Well, honestly, HTML is a big update. I mean, their play. Why do you go to the yeah, website? Yeah, but it's ridiculous that you've been waiting player. so long to update. Um. So, I mean, that's a big update, even though it's not their idea. I mean, like changing the format of their website isn't a big deal. It's more like the quality of the f- like less the appearance, more the functions, add more functionality. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I mean, yeah, you can make you can make a, a you, you can make the UI look a lot prettier, but I'm talking about in terms of just functionality. Like, there's some parts of their like menu system that just goes to broken broken pages. I'm like, seriously. Really? I've never gotten a broken page. I don't got yeah, I didn't get one. It happens from time to time. My biggest I don't Only know, problem <laughs> is that their manga app never actually works on my uh mobile Same. device. So I'm like Same. I wanna fucking read my manga on my mobile device. I don't wanna go to fucking computer. Ugh so annoying. <laughs> well and then there's constantly outages with Crunchyroll's mobile app. I don't use the mobile actually do I? Okay, the biggest issue with Crunchyroll right now is that they don't have enough shows because they're all exclusive to other shows. So I'm not even watching a lot of shows on Crunchyroll. Well, they're all exclusive to other streaming services. So I'm not even watching a lot of shows on Crunchyroll at the moment. Yeah, I think I'm watching like maybe four or five. Let me me bring up my queue and see. I used to watch like (laughs) ten a season on Crunchyroll. I'm watching like three right now. I'm watching four. I'm watching four whole shows this, that are currently airing this season on Crunchyroll. I'm watching Demon Slayer, Fire Force, Don Maji Season 2, and Given. That's it. That's a given. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for the shitty, shitty pun. Everything's oh, a give and take, Alex. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you wake me up yeah, at 2 a.m. in the morning. That's what you get, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, and of course, a lot of people will say, "Well, Crunchyroll has their award show and their their, oh, their convention." Great. And I'm thinking that does not even in any way affect their streaming service. By the way, they have a fucking they have a award show that they don't even bother to stream on their own service. Well, okay, you complain about the streaming about the uh, award show, but I think the award show is a plus. Okay, uh-huh. I mean, I'd rather have the award show than no award show. I don't Just know. because it, it gives you B materials, I don't know about that. Yeah, but it gives it gives us something to talk about. That's for sure. Certainly gives oh, us God. something to joke about. Um, now, see, I don't mind the idea of these things. I really don't. It's the execution of them I don't understand. <laughs> like, okay, if yeah. you're gonna have both of these things, why not have them take place at the same time? Like, you have a convention, you already have a bunch of people showing up for an event. Why not have your award show at the same time? Because Alex, you can, everyone complains about the award show. We're a stupid show. company, Alex. <laughs> everyone complains about the award show, so they're afraid to invest into it any further. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I could sit here and lay out a bunch of things that would change both about the convention and the award show, but that's not what this is about. I just wanted to bring those up because some people might look at those and say those are innovations. 
Um, there's certainly something that the company is doing, but it doesn't really affect the streaming service. Um, I can't. I can't even think of the last time Fun, the Funimation's web player worked. Did, it worked. <laughs> um, um, like you get more than five people watching anime at a time on there. It's like mm, I can't do this right now. Bye. It's weird because it's not for lack of asking. Like the community has been voicing their like concerns and opinions. Like people are asking for ages for Crunchyroll to like add a offline uh, viewing function. But they yeah, haven't like done that did. as well. Huh? And Net- Netflix yeah, Netflix it, and it has works, it. It works really well on, on both on mobile and on on desktop. You can yeah. do um, you can do download later or download for later. And it's like that's that's a great idea, especially for someone like me who travels a lot, and especially for people who fly a lot. That's, that's yep. a fucking amazing idea. It's ridiculous that Crunchyroll is like not. It's like not even engaging with that age. It's like, what the fuck? Or here's an idea that may be even uh, more simple to execute. Uh, There's a lot of weebs, myself included, who use Mal as a service. How about Mal integration while you're watching Crunchyroll? That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, there's so many ways to improve your service. And and the community is like, oh, already has like a shit ton of ideas. Like, why not do that? You know? And again, yeah. people are saying there's a lot of people out there, a lot of people who work for Crunchyroll or any of these streaming services for that matter say, oh, we don't have the resources. We don't have Bullshit. the people that can do it. Bullshit. There's a fucking community out here who have varied skills who would love to help you if you just give them the fucking opportunity. I don't know. I will say that no one really talks about it, but I think of all the streaming services that do anime currently, the two that have the best web player are Amazon Prime Video and High Dive. Never used them. Wouldn't know. Same. I don't know about that. Well, Amazon Prime Video Player has like a billion dollar company behind it, so it better be good. I mean, Netflix is a way bigger company than Crunchyroll, and wait, I I like the HTML Crunchyroll player better than the Netflix player. I think the really? Netflix UI is such shit. I I think it used to be, but I think it, what it's become uh, is I actually fucking hate. Good. There's well, like pop-ups everywhere, good. autoplay videos at every corner of the screen. Like, calm the fuck down. I've on personally... mobile, it's pretty good the UI. Yeah, the, the mobile the mobile UI for Netflix is amazing. The, yeah. the desktop one, I can see why people would have issues with. It. I personally don't, but I can certainly see why people have issues with it. I don't know. It's just I can't think of anything innovative that many of these streaming services oh and before anyone out there says that well you can skip intros and outros with netflix as well anime done. fans we don't want to do that that's well that, I, well for my non-anime watches on netflix that is quite helpful but anime fans don't want that we we typically most anime fans want to watch the ops and eds especially if they're mm-hmm. bad i mean but like okay there's a significant amount of people who skip the ops and eds so why not just add that functionality in Crunchyroll? Like you don't have to skip it; you just have the functionality there too. Yeah, I could. If they if they add that as a choice, then yeah, I would say. It, I mean, it is a it okay is a choice that. on Netflix too, you know. True, it is. It is. I'm just saying that you know, the way Crunchyroll does stuff, I would not be surprised. Is you hit it once, it assumes you want to do it all the time. Yeah, Crunchyroll has bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, is there any other innovation that any of you can think of that any of these players have put forth? Eh? My thoughts exactly, eh? <laughs> I just, I, I can't, um, besides them touting exclusivity as an innovation, and it's not. 
It's really not. So I guess the best way to, 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 to end this is to ask a question that Natai came up with for this and say, are these streaming services really going the way of cable television? And is that a bad thing? Yes and yes. <laughs> Again? <laughs> good, I agree with you. <laughs> You're doing great with the commentary tonight. <laughs> Woo! Listen, I mean, like, people have been bitching about cable TV, in the, especially in the U.S., for a long time. And for good reason. That whole thing with, you know, with your packages and whatnot, it's ridiculous. And then, like, streaming services started coming along. It's been like, oh, that's a great innovation. It's like a good market. Like, well done. You know, we're going in a different direction than cable. And it's like, fuck yeah. And lo and behold, we're going in the same direction as cable TV. Just Disney just announced that bundle they're making, which has ESPN, Hulu, and Disney+. And, hey, that's just like packages you get with cable. So, what the fuck's the difference? Well, not a whole lot in the coming years. Probably not a whole lot. And it's not sustainable. And... I don't know what's going to take to like convince these companies to like take a different approach with streaming, especially with anime. But I'm not optimistic about it at all. So I have I have an I have a question to tie. Okay. You've mentioned Disney and its ownership of Hulu and ESPN. What's to stop Disney from coming in and buying Crunchyroll? Nothing. Animation? Nothing stops them. <laughs> Exactly. So what you my, my point in mouse. saying all of this, my point in saying all this is just wait long enough and Disney will buy it. Disney's going to own all of us in a few decades. Do you know, this is a scary thought, but do you know that of all of the broadcast entertainment on Earth, Disney is responsible either in full or in part for nearly 48% of it. Yeah, and that's scary as fuck. <laughs> so... Disney's eventually just going to buy all the anime studios. <laughs> Although, that, let me be honest, that would be a reversal. The problem we're having, if Disney just bought all these streaming services, we'd only have one to go to. Whoa. <laughs> you know, I made fun of Verve being like this basket of different streaming services, but maybe that's the way to go. Where if you could basket like Hulu, Netflix, Funimation, Crunchyroll all into one, that, and then pay like ten dollars, fifteen dollars a month for it, I'd probably do that. I'm Honestly, st- if I- no, keep going. I'm stoked on ambition and verve. <laughs> Go ahead. Stop with the shitty puns, Jesus <laughs> H Christ! <laughs> I have to do it. I mean, if you could get, if you could get something like, if you could get Hulu, Netflix. Uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll for fifteen dollars a month. Would, would would you guys be willing to pay that much for those four services? No, because there's no. <laughs> I ain't watching Funimation and Hulu. Got kind of a bullshit is that? Put all my shit on one site. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. If like they a... had if they had a bundled site like Verve where you could watch all of it at the same time and the same service. Oh, I didn't know they had it one website. Yeah, that's what Verve is. It bundles all these different libraries onto a single like player but only like parts of their libraries not all of them no yeah it's true it's not the entire library but it is a significant portion i don't know about that sure yeah i would do that yeah i think that'd be like a real even if it's like 20 dollars a month it's still i think but the thing is that like library of four services like with the anime uh landscape of streaming services like Crunchyroll has 80 percent of the ips 
Netflix has 15%, and everyone else has, like, 1% to 2%. So, like, what... Okay, other than Funimation, but they only have dubs. But, like, it's not an equal distribution of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, like, is it like even it, worth... Like, is it even yeah. worth bundling it? And, again, we're coming back to to just bundling stuff because we want to watch the shows. We're not... We're not... We're going away from discussion of... of just make your streaming service like good Better. instead of locking it, locking some shows behind like paywalls, you know. Yeah. So I don't think it's the way to go. Also, I I did actually just think of an innovation that Funimation is responsible for in the last few years: the idea of simul dubs, where you have like the dub within that's 24 true, hours actually, yeah. of it airing uh, in Japan in Japanese. So I don't know if that's actually a good or a bad thing. I I, I think it's I've good. stopped. I've stopped. I've stopped watching a whole lot of dubs. I do still watch them occasionally, but I don't watch them anywhere near as much as I used to. So I don't know if having those dubs come out so quickly affects the quality of them as much. I don't even like the mm. Funimation cast. So with the same person and the same person gets cast in every main character role. Like honestly, I I've, I'm sure I've complained about that before, but anime does the same thing. I mean, well, like in Japan, they do the same thing. So, but like, get like I don't like the I just don't like their talent. Don't lie, you just want Yuki Kaji to learn English so he can dub it himself. Please. No, honestly, <laughs> I want Nicki Minaj to dub everything. Oh my god! god damn no. it. <laughs> On that note, I am so sorry to our listeners that had to hear that appalling opinion. You were stupid. How <laughs> you you were stupid? How let's go get away. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know. Anime streaming services are in an interesting place right now. I, I fear that they're going down the wrong path. I, I don't really see a great path forward for what they're trying to do. Um, I also I see this, almost the exact same thing happening with other streaming services where it's fragmenting so much that people are like, enough. And I'm kind of fearful for it. Uh, God help us if any of these anime studios start having their own streaming services as well. Then but don't you really think that's fun. actually a better idea to like cut the middleman and just okay, I want to watch trigger shows, so I'm just gonna go and pay directly to them. Don't you think that's like don't you would do that, Nitai? You would have like no, fifteen I'm just, different I'm, I'm services. Not saying, I'm not saying that, but let, let's let's I'm like hi, let's think about it for a second. Okay, <laughs> let's say I like um, uh, fuck whatever. Okay, we'll keep trigger. Let's let's say I really like trigger shows. Okay, and. I want to support them directly and watch pretty much only their shows. So, like, they have their Patreon, for example. Let's say we cut, like, everything else and just pay... You pay directly for the studio you want to watch their shit, and there you go. Honey, I... I'm not saying that it should be like this, but, like, The best, let me say, the best way you could help Studio Trigger is by cloning Hiroyuki and Maisha. Oh, my God. I ain't loyal to any studio enough to pay I'm not saying that a lo- loyalty. Shows. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm again. Like, imagine for a sec. All right. <laughs> imagine. Imagine a world. I don't understand what you're trying to say. I think that's a stupid idea. <laughs> I kind of have to say, if, if every studio had their own streaming service, I, unless it were free and ad supported, let's I be honest. Be there shouldn't it. be as many anime studios as there are right now. That's also an issue. Well, that maybe there certainly shouldn't be that many anime coming out as there are either. <laughs> What? Don't you want to watch the... Uh, oh, what's it called? This generic new light novel show. Oh, I don't know. My MILF is my partner in the Isekai Yeah, exactly. World. Double Attack, oh, Mom, my. Isekai. 
Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch that. I want to watch that in its beautiful five score on Mal. Yeah, I really want to watch it. Fucking <laughs> uh, Japan. God. I think that's a great place to end this, though. Get your shit together, streaming services. God damn it. <clears throat> so thank you all out there for dropping it to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Good evening. Oh, you're not going to say anything pun-like? After all the shitty puns we had tonight, seriously? I have no Vikings to sexualize. <laughs> nice. You should watch the Vinland Saga, uh, or watch. Sure, watch it on YouTube. Watch our Vinland Saga uh, spoiler casts, and then you can see how many how many Vikings I've sexualized. Spoiler alert: it's all of them, especially the boys. There are only male Vikings. Nitai. <laughs>